Um, it's my privilege to be here tonight. Uh, I was just thinking today, I've been around a long time. <laughs> I, just hit, uh, I just hit 80 in October. Would you believe that? <laughs> That's hard to believe. I just hit 80 in October. I remember the time when I was traveling down uh, uh, the interstate and I stopped in Ronard Park to see Harry Buer, who was building this building over here. And I went through the building before any sheetrock was up. And he and I had good fellowship together. My, he, was, he was a good man of God, and I uh, appreciated him. And uh, to see uh, what, uh, what God has done in the church here, and it's beautiful. Uh, this auditorium is beautiful. It may be multi-purpose, but it's sure beautiful. Amen? It sure is. So I, uh, I rejoice with you, and I, I'm so glad for your pastor. He's so kind to me and helpful. And, uh, and I, it's so good to be here again. I feel like I'm among friends. <laughs> I, and I, uh, I, I don't uh, say that lightly. I mean that. Uh, I, uh, I, I was thinking today uh, uh, and during most of last night, uh, I mean two o'clock on this morning, uh, about what we should talk about this morning or this evening, and uh, I have three different messages. It reminds me of that young fellow <laughs> who got up and said, "Folks, I've got so much to tell you." He said, "I don't know where to start." Some fellow in the back said, "Start somewhere near the end." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I don't know if I'll start in the middle or the end, all right? But uh, I, I do have some things I want to share. Uh, as I say, I've been around a while. <laughs> this gray hair is not premature. <laughs> no, sir. I earned this, you know? I earned this. A lot of trials and a lot of error. A lot of error. Uh, one fellow said uh, to another fellow, he said, doesn't it bother you that your hair is turning gray? And the other fellow said, well, I'd rather it turn gray than turn loose. <laughs> now, I don't know whether that's right or not, <laughs> but that's what he said, you know. And I have a friend, uh, uh, he tells this for the truth. He has a young teenage boy. And uh, he uh, was singing in the shower. He always likes to sing in the shower. Hymns, you know. And he really goes with them. And his son ran and knocked on the door and said, Dad, are you okay? He realized what that kid is doing. <laughs> are you okay? <laughs> like I was moaning or something, you know. <laughs> So he said, yeah, okay, smarty, I'm all right. He said, I'm just singing to the Lord. And the kid answered back quick as can be. He said, Dad, uh, did you ever try praying instead? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then there, was a, then there was Curtis Hudson, 
who used to tell about getting in the shower and afterwards looking down and seeing all the hair around the drain and feeling up or feeling uh, uh, the top of his head. And then he decided he'd sing a song to that hair. And he moved it around with his toes. And he sang, Till We Meet Again. <laughs> he said it's true. <laughs> I, I can't guarantee it, though. <laughs> but... Uh, but it, it is a pleasure to be with you. Now, I want you to be able to take some notes tonight. And so uh, uh, I, I had asked the pastor if he would make some copies of a tremendous article I got a hold of recently. And this can change your prayer life. This was written by George Mueller, the fellow who would never tell other people his needs even while he's feeding a thousand homeless orphans. He'd never tell people what he needed. He'd just tell God. And God would tell people. And they'd bring it to him. Absolutely amazing. Why, they, they say that, that he would, uh, even when they didn't have anything to eat in that orphanage, thousand kids hungry and 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 they came the cooks came and said uh, 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 Mr. Mueller we don't have anything to feed at lunch and he said that's all right gather gather their kids together and they gathered them together around the table and he said had the table all set they said we don't have anything to eat he said that's all right God will provide it and he had to, he, uh, to, the, to all the students, he said, let's bow our heads and hearts together and thank God for the food. And they prayed. And just after they prayed, somebody knocked on the door with a whole wagon load of stuff. He didn't know it was coming, except he knew God's going to answer prayer. Now, that's the fellow who wrote this article. And he tells here how he practices communion with God. Beautiful. I'll stop there and leave it for your curiosity. It's great, though. Ushers, would you come and pass these out? All right. And I could use a couple of other men, too, up here. All right? Have a couple of other things I want to pass out. All right. Would you, a couple of you take those? And then I want to, uh, I, I, I want to think about... Uh, Christmas coming, and you're going to be buying Christmas presents for people. Would you take and give everybody one of those? Now, those are good for a dollar off anything on the table back there, all right? And, uh, and while I'm thinking about things on the table, I, uh, our, our, uh, our brother uh, a little bit ago was talking about having a real bargain. Uh, here it is, all right? Uh, these little books are fantastic. These little, they call them little Bibles, just the right size for a purse or, or pocket. And these sell for 25 cents in the stores, all right? I sell them cheaper than the publisher, all right? They sell for 25 cents. Tonight, for what I've got left, five cents a piece. 25 cents a piece in the store, 
five cents a piece. I want you to be able to take these and put them in your Christmas cards. My, oh, my, it doesn't weigh much. You can put them right, right in their Christmas cards and get the gospel out. You'll feel so good because you've got the gospel into these hearts and lives. So, uh, brethren, would you come and, and uh, take these and, and pass these out? All right, would you come, Joseph? All right, and uh, uh, get, get somebody else to, uh, to help you there to get those out, too. And I, while those are going, I want to mention something else, too. I had published some stickers, and I think they would be great for Christmas. Uh, and they're in little rolls like this, and it says, Jesus is wonderful. Now, we know Jesus is the reason for the season, no matter what they say. We know this is the time we, we honor his birth. Why not put something like this on your Christmas cards? I use them all the time. Uh, and they're in, in little rolls back there. They're a dollar a roll. By the way, even your, your little coupon would work for these two, all right? All right. But they're a dollar a roll, and they are so good. And you get the gospel out. And we need to get the gospel out in these days. People need to know about our wonderful Lord. What a better time than Christmas. Now, I want to, uh, tonight, I want to talk with you, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm sure that you're used to great preaching. Uh, there's always been great preaching uh, uh, when I come up here, and I'm sure you're used to great preaching, but I want to talk with you tonight out of my heart. Uh, God's just brought me through some things, and I've learned some things. Uh, you know, uh, the further we go, the more we're able to learn. And, and I've learned some things, and I want to share them with you. And maybe on the back of that article, you could turn that over. And on the back of that article, you could put down some of these things that I've learned that have been of help to me. Now, one of the things that uh, we just went through recently was the passing away of my mom. I was so thankful that your pastor said uh, when he heard about it uh, and I mentioned it to him, I said, could we change the date that I come to Rohnert Park? And he graciously said yes and gave us this date. Now, uh, I, was, uh, I was going through some heavy water, you might say, when mom passed away. Mother and I were very, very close. You see, I was the only child. I've said, she had one, and she said, that's enough. <laughs> uh, but I was the only child. Mom and I were very close. In fact, uh, maybe partly because Dad, Dad got interested in another woman after I was born, and I was about uh, three years old or three or four. He got interested in another woman. Dad ran off with another woman. And it was just Mom and I. And Mom didn't know too much about uh, jobs, but she knew how to take care of houses. And so she was a housekeeper, so her and I went and lived in different places while she either took care of kids as a nanny, you know, and cleaned house and things like that. I remember many of those places that, uh, that we stayed until about three or four years later, 
dad came back, broken, because the lady he ran around with and ran away with had dumped him. He came back broken and said, could I come back? And mom said, sure. And he came back, and I had a dad again. But mom and I were always very close. And uh, when she passed away, at, somebody said to me, how old was she? <laughs> she was almost 99. <laughs> almost. She just missed it by about four months. But you see, when that happened, it seemed like, it seemed like I knew exactly what to do. I got a phone call. I've been up all day and part of the night before. I am tired, but I get a phone call. And it's from the lady where mom is staying. Now, mom's not able to stay with us because my wife has some real health problems. So the lady where mom is staying calls me on the phone and said, uh, uh, Brother Mel, your mom, she, she's, she's perspiring and she, she's having trouble breathing. And she says there's something like something in her chest, and she can't breathe good. I, I said, I'll be right there. It seemed like I knew exactly what to do. I got on that little car, and I zoomed out to there. They said, we'll help you put her in the car. Uh, uh, she's a little frail. And so they helped me put mom in the car. They taught me what to say down at the, down at the hospital. I didn't know what to say, but they said, you run up to emergency, Brother Mel, and you tell them, my mom can't breathe good. And she said, they'll get right on that. She was right. My goodness, here they came with the gurney, and two guys on the gurney and helped put mom in the, on that, and we went right into emergency. We went, do you know something? Uh, by doing that, I was able to stay with mom almost all the time. Almost, uh, just except for just a few minutes, I was able to stay with mom. Now I know what to tell them. If you have somebody that can't breathe good, oh, that's what you got to tell them. And they will get right on that. They'll get right on that. Now, uh, I, uh, one of the things, too, uh, they told me soon, they said, your mother has been having a, a what? An ongoing heart attack. An ongoing. They said, we don't know how long this has been going on, but there's been such damage to the heart, we don't think she can make it. Well, I, uh, I, uh, uh, that's a little hard to take. Uh, I, uh, in, in the room there, uh, I, I knew exactly what to do. I got the, the, that chair by the way, they hook them all up, you know, with all those things, all those uh, uh, electronic things going and the buzzers going and things like that and the IVs going and the, and, but they had one hand almost free. It just had something on it, you know, that they had hooked on. And, and I said, Mom, do you want me to hold your hand? And she said, yes. Uh, I know I learned another good thing. If somebody's going through trouble, uh, the thing to say is, can I hold your hand? Would you like me to hold your hand? It really means something. Do you know what? I sat up day and night with mom, hour after hour after hour, holding her hand. 
I was so glad I was there. Mom and I talked. We talked. Oh, I sang to her. <laughs> I don't have a great voice, but I sang, and Mom thought it was good. You say, what did you sing? I sang, in the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. Yeah, I sang that one. Ah, and then I, then I sang, uh, oh, an old one. Some of you might remember, it says, how beautiful heaven must be, sweet home of the happy and free, fair haven of rest for the weary. How beautiful heaven must be. Anybody ever hear that song before? Oh, some of you have. Sure. A beautiful old song. I remember as a boy. I sang a few others too. Like, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. Boy, we've got some good songs we can sing to people who are going through crisis times. Yeah. And then I said, uh, I said to mom, mom, are you hurting? I am so thankful. Mom had very little pain. Uh, she said, I just got a headache. Oh, I said, mom, do you want me to rub your hair? Your hair? She said, would you? Sure. I rubbed mom's hair. And she never said anything about the headache again. <laughs> uh, sure. I, uh, the, the nurses were so kind. They let me sit right there all night long while uh, mom was struggling for breath. Yeah. Uh, we talked a little bit. And we prayed. And we, I sang. And then I talked to her about some funny things that happened in the past about when she used to drive. Oh, mom was a great driver when she was a girl. <laughs> uh, but those latter years, they were, uh, they, were, they were hilarious. I can remember the day mom headed out for the church. Mom, by the way, I baptized mom. I baptized my grandmother. Yeah, as the preacher was starting a new church. You know, I'll never forget that. I baptized them. Mm. I remember she was so faithful in church. She wasn't always on time, <laughs> but she was so faithful. And she, she jumped in her car. She's running a little late. She jumped in her car and she headed down the road. She forgot that they changed the road. It used to be two ways. Now it's just one way. And she's going the wrong way on a one-way street. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Mom, oh, Dad was so thoughtful when he bought her a car before he passed away. You know what kind of car he bought her? He bought her a police car. It had spotlights on both sides <laughs> with a white door. <laughs> And anybody seeing mom came, come, slowed down. <laughs> slowed down and got out of the way. <laughs> he, dad saved her life more than once. 
And he didn't know it, you know. He was already gone. Oh, but she's heading down the road uh, the wrong way, see? And around the curve, around the curve, hey, came two cars. They were coming fast. And they're right, they're right side by side. What's mom going to do? When mom saw two cars coming there, she decided, just stay in the middle, Charlotte. Just stay in the middle. So mom went right through, but three, through that little crack in between those two cars. Both of those cars wound up on the curb and in the bushes, you know. And when the policeman came and saw those cars in the bushes, he said, what's the matter? They said, some little lady in a police car <laughs> ran us off the road. <laughs> and the policeman said, which way did she go? And he, she would go in this way. And the policeman turned around and went that way too. He caught mom before she got to church. And he pulled her over. And he said, ma'am, he said, did you run two cars up on the sidewalk back about a mile or so? She said, yes, I guess so. And he said, well, why didn't you stop? She said, well, it didn't look like anybody's hurt. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> I could tell you more things that mom did. Later, when I took her to get her driver's license, see, at about 91, uh, she, he, said, he said, would you read the bottom line? She said, the bottom line of what? <laughs> I said, mom, mom, the bottom line of that thing up there uh, that they got the lights on that's got all that right on there, read the bottom line. She said, I can't see it at all. <laughs> okay, now I understand <laughs> why mom's having such trouble driving. Yeah, as I say, mom was a great driver when she was young. <laughs> yeah, oh, mom was a great, a great woman. She really was. Uh, I, uh, I think sometimes about, uh, uh, about uh, missing her. But then I think about her entrance into heaven. I can imagine Grandpa, he got saved just before he passed away. Grandpa's kind of hard-headed out of Tennessee, you know. Ah. And I can imagine Grandpa and Grandma standing there and said, Come on in, sis, we've been waiting for you. <laughs> yeah. And then I can imagine she'll see Jesus. Remember what that song said? And just a smile from my Savior, I know, will through the ages be glory for me. I can just see, see the Lord just smile. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I learned some things. I learned another thing I learned, too. Another thing I learned is some things about heaven. Oh, would you put some of these things down? Oh my, the Bible tells us a lot about heaven. It tells us a lot about no more. There's a lot of things down here that we're not going to have any more of. Bad things. Oh, I read in Revelation 21, 4, there's no more sorrow. No more sorrow. Oh, would you put it out? No more pain. Some of you have pains. No more pain. My wife 
is troubled because of her disc being way out of shape. She's troubled with that sciatic nerve. And one night we woke up and she is screaming. Uh, and, and I said, what's the matter, honey? Oh, she said, my leg, my leg. We couldn't stop it. The hot water and the, and the shower, and we tried everything. Stop this leg. For, oh, it's, and, and I finally rushed her to emergency and they, they gave her a shot to calm that leg down. One dear lady said to her, they said, Wanda, how bad is that sciatic nerve pain? My wife, we have six children. She said, well, do you remember, she said to that lady, do you remember how bad the pain was when you were bearing that baby? When you were bringing that baby into the world? You remember how bad that pain is? No, oh, yes, the lady said, I remember how that. My wife said, that was a piece of cake in comparison with the sciatic nerve. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. Wow. Some people have lots of pain. I, uh, uh, my heart goes out to them, but there'll be no more when we get to glory. Amen? It's going to be gone. It's going to be gone. I think, too, of no more curse. Boy, sometimes it's hard to grow things. No more curse on the ground. Yeah, no more curse. No more darkness. Tomorrow, to, uh, tonight, as I go through Vallejo, I've, I'm to deliver a Bible to a fellow who, who ordered it from me. And he lives in the wrong side of town. <laughs> and, and it's the bad side. <laughs> and I'll tell you, I'll deliver that fast, too. And I'll be back in my car and I'll be on my way. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking about fast. Uh, some years ago when I resigned my church and before I had went to work for regular Baptist press, and I didn't know what God had in mind. I, I just knew that it's time for me to resign. I'd been there nine years. And God wanted somebody else in the pulpit. So I resigned. Some people, some pastors said, you don't do that, Mel. <laughs> I said, well, if you know that's what God wants you to do, you do. And they said, well, do you want us to recommend you to another church? I said, well, if you think God wants you to, go ahead. I just want to do what God wants to do. Well, while I'm waiting, a friend at church, <laughs> a friend at church called me up. And he said, Brother Jones, he said, I heard you don't have a job right now. I said, well, that's true. I said, I'm just waiting to see what God might have in mind. Well, he said, I got a job and I think maybe you, you might want it. Oh, I said, what is it? Well, he said, uh, uh, I, uh, I work for a funeral company. He said, and uh, in the, he said, if the, undertaker wants to move a body from this town to that town, they call me. And I pick up that body, and I drive to that town, and I deliver that. And sometimes they're close, and sometimes they're hundreds of miles away. And he said, I need a driver. And I said, you need a driver to drive bodies? 
dead bodies around? He said, yeah, I need a driver. I said, well, I tell you, I'll talk to my wife and we'll both pray about this. I talked to my wife and we decided I couldn't make any money. I'd be driving that thing so fast. If they paid by the hour, I wouldn't get anything, you know. I'd be on my way. Yeah. Uh, I'll never forget a fellow named George Moore who used to pastor here in California. He was a practical joker. And his wife, oh, he had a, he had a deal. He'd go get one of those cars back east and drive it out here, see, uh, and, uh, for a dealer or whatever. And once he went back there and he got a hearse and he was driving back. Oh, and he said to his wife, he said, we're going to go by and see your folks. He said, would you get in the back and lay back there and, and we'll get a sheet and cover you up and I'll drive up to your folks' house. I never did hear the end of that, <laughs> but they tried it. Oh, not, not me, not me. I decided that's not what the God had intended for me. No, sir. Mm. Yeah, no more darkness, no, no more death. No more death. Endless life. Endless life, no more death. Ah, uh, no more fears. Ah, uh, no more jealousy. No more deceit. Truth. No more deceit. Ah, somebody might say, well, Brother Jones, what are they doing up there? You know, I think uh, many people make jokes about uh, they're sitting on clouds and playing harps. (laughs) I don't find that in the Bible. I don't find anything about them sitting on clouds. No, but it does say some things. You might like to jot this down. This is what I learned. We're going to have a life with fellowship with Jesus. It says, now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Remember that song? Face to face I shall behold him far beyond the starry skies. Face to face in all his glory. I shall see him by and by. Ah. And then again, in the First John 3, 2, beloved, Now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. Hallelujah. We'll be like him. That's what he says. When we see him, we'll be like him. Oh, what a wonderful uh, uh, plan God has for us. For we shall see him as he is. And then Jesus said, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there ye may be also. John 14, 3. And Revelation 22, 4. And they shall see his face. Oh, we'll have fellowship with him. Ah, and then there'll be rest. Some people get so tired. I was talking to one person the other day, and they said, I I can just barely put one foot in front of the other. 
I'm so weary. I know what it's like to be tired. I traveled 20 years. I covered the western half of the United States. And then when I got home, mom was taking, I say, mom was taking care of 12 houses. I mean, mom and I were taking care of 12 houses. Oh my. Yeah, it seemed like something was always breaking down when it's time to go again. Yeah, I know what it's like to be tired. Yeah, it says there in uh, Revelation 14, 13, I, and I heard a voice from heaven saying, Right, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors. Oh my, rest for the weary. And their works do follow them. We're going to have, would you put it down? We're going to have full knowledge up there. We're going to know a lot more than we know down here. Full knowledge. In 1 Corinthians 13, 12. Now I know in part, but then shall I know, even as I also am known. You get that? Now I know in part, but then I shall know, I shall know even as also I am known. They'll know me up there. I'll know them too. I'll know them too. I believe we'll know those people up there, even ones that we haven't met before. We'll know them. Believe that. And there'll be a life of holiness too. There'll be no crime, no robbery, no breaking your, breaking your car windows to get in and steal things like they did recently with my car. They forced the window open and took some things out of the car. No robberies up there. No muggings. No killings. Yeah. Ah, uh, and a life of holiness. Ooh, I say, jot it down with you, a life of joy. <laughs> a life of joy. There'll be singing and there'll be laughing and there'll be fun and there'll be parties. You hear that? (laughs) There'll be parties and you'll be invited. (laughs) You'll be invited. Sure. Yes. It says uh, the farmer's things are passed away. And then there'll be things to do. It says there, his servants shall serve him. In Revelation 22, 3. There's plenty to do ah, to serve the one who died for us. How much joy there'll be in it. And then there's a life of glory. It says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Us. You hear that? Getting glory? And then it says, when Christ who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mm. And then there will be being with your loved ones and seeing them. Uh, and there will be no parting. Martha flew down from Alaska to be at grandmother's graveside service. And she was a great encouragement to us. 
When I took her back to the, to the plane for Alaska, uh, she hugged me and she told me again and again, oh, Daddy, I love you. Daddy, I love you. You know, before she got on the plane. No more parting up there. No, no, no. There's, would you jot it down? There's mansions. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And then he said, in my father's house are many mansions. Ah, sure. And there'll be food. Some of you uh, love to eat. Oh, there'll be food. And I don't think there'll be any fattening food either. <laughs> but I can't guarantee it. <laughs> but there'll be food. Yeah. Oh, and then there'll be beautiful. If God created so many beautiful things down here, what's he going to create for us to enjoy up there. I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of man the things that God hath prepared for them that love him. What a future. What a future we have. Oh, my. Beautiful. Mm. Now, you know what got me on this and what helped me, I suppose, to uh, uh, know what to do with mom? Might, as I thought it over later after it was all over, might have been a little article I read in, the, in a paper that was sent to me. Listen to this. This grasped my heart. I hadn't thought of it until afterwards. But it may have been of help. God may have put that in my hands so that I'd know partly what to do in those hours. Mm. Listen. A nurse took a tired, anxious serviceman to the bedside. She said to the old man there, your son is here, she said. She had to repeat the word several times before the patient's eyes opened, heavily sedated because of the pain of his heart attack. He dimly saw the young man in the Marine Corps uniform, standing outside the oxygen tent. He reached out his hand. The Marine wrapped his toughened fingers around the old man's limp fingers, squeezing a message of love and encouragement. The nurse brought a chair so that the Marine could sit alongside the bed. The nights are long in the hospitals, and all through the night the young Marine paid no attention to the poorly littered ward. He just held onto the old man's hand and offered him words of love and strength. Occasionally the nurse suggested that the Marine move away and rest a while, he refused. Whenever the nurse came into the ward, the Marine was oblivious to her. And all the night voices in the hospital and the clanking of the oxygen tank and the laughter of the, of the nurses exchanging greetings or the cries and moans of the other patients. Now and then the nurse heard him say a few gentle words. The dying man said nothing. He just held tightly to his son 
all through the night. Along toward dawn, the old man died. The Marine placed the lifeless hand he had been holding on the old man's chest and went to call the nurse. When she did what she had to do, he waited. Finally, she returned. She started to offer words of sympathy, but the Marine interrupted her. Who was that man? He said. The nurse was startled. He was your father, she answered. No, he wasn't, said the Marine. I never saw him before. Then why didn't you say something when I took you in? Well, the Marine said, I knew right away there'd been a mistake, but I also knew he needed his son, and his son just wasn't here. When I realized he was too sick to tell whether or not I was his son, I knew how much he needed me, so I stayed with him. Mm. I've thought of that again and again since that. Maybe that helped me, but I learned some things. Uh, you might like to jot down some other things. In times like that, you have so many things to take care of. Uh, the, the, the doctor told me early that morning, he said, we can't do anything for her. It's just a matter of time. He said, we can keep all these things uh, flowing into her body and keep her breathing, but, uh, but he said, uh, there's no way she can make it. What should we do? And I was able to say, well, Mom filled out one of those things, uh, power of attorney of health care. And Mom said she didn't want any heroic efforts to save her life. She knows where she's going, and she's not afraid of going. And I said, uh, uh, Mom just wanted to, if you have pain, just relieve the pain. Okay, he said. They did that. In one hour or so, Mom was gone. Just like that. Just like that. I say, it'd be a wise thing to have one of those things made out. Ah, I would, I, I would have feel terrible having to make that decision myself. Mom made the decision. And I just had to read it to him. Those things are very good. Uh, think about having one of those. Now, another thing, too, that was of help to me, I called the cemetery where Dad is buried, and there's a plot we bought for Mom. I called them up, and they said, well, come on out. You have to sign some papers. I went out there thinking it might take an hour or two, and I really didn't feel like it. I was so tired and exhausted. And uh, they looked over the papers and they said, Mr. Jones, 
uh, you've already paid for everything. The, uh, the cement liner is all paid for. The opening and closing, everything's paid for. All you've got to do is just sign this piece of paper. And I said, Lord, thank you. It's hard to make decisions, you know. Another thing we had made years ago, my wife, my mother and I, uh, are funeral arrangements, what we wanted. Caskets had already been picked. Caskets, ah, all those things helped in an hour when you're torn apart with someone's passing. And, And it's so wise to do it to save others strain and stress. Yeah, certain things we can do to help those we love who are here. Sure. Ah, uh, it's, uh, God's been good to me. He taught me lots of things. One of the things is, and I, I, uh, I regret this one. Mom was a lady who seemed to attract people. Uh, the down and outers and the up and outers, she seemed to attract them. And oftentimes mom would say to me, Mel, would you come over and talk to that person about Jesus? Oftentimes mom, I'd say, Mom, I got this to do. I've taken care of 12 houses, Mom, for you. I, am, I, am, I just came back from 20 days on the road, Mom. I'm exhausted, Mom. You know? Uh, I, I, I've thought of that since then. Mom pointed me out to a number, or pointed people out, a number of people she knew at different times. And oh, how I wish I'd have laid aside some things and went and talked with those folks about Jesus. It might have made a difference, you know, might have made a difference between heaven and hell. Ah, you know something? I wish I'd have went and talked to him. I'd have felt better. And mom would have felt better too. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for these thoughts tonight, Lord. Thank you for teaching me some things about mom's home going. Lord, we pray that Everyone here might be with us in glory. There's somebody here tonight who never made a decision for Jesus. We pray that they might do that even tonight, Lord. And some of these other things, Lord, as they go through their notes, maybe some of these other things would be of help. Lord, uh, we want to be used of God. We want to help folks. We care because you care. Bless us as we sing, Lord, uh, for your sake. Amen.